I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 405 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Rourke Denver joins me today. He is a former Navy SEAL commander who led special forces missions in the Middle East, Africa, Latin America, and other international hotspots. He has also run every phase of training for the U.S. Navy SEALs, which is the most difficult military training on the planet. He starred in the hit Frogman movie, Act of Valor, which was based on true Navy SEAL stories and featured a number of frogmen in the cast. Rourke is also a New York Times bestselling author of Damn Few, Making the Modern SEAL Warrior, as well as Worth Dying For, A Navy SEAL's Call to a Nation. Back in 2006, Rourke was the officer in charge of Bravo Platoon of SEAL Team 3 in Iraq. His team conducted over 200 missions, including sniper operations, direct assaults, reconnaissance missions, ground patrols, and more. Uh, For his courageous actions in combat, he was awarded the Bronze Star with V uh, and many other awards. He is a hero, a warrior. It's just a tremendous honor to have on the podcast. Rourke Denver will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Rourke Denver was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between the Navy SEAL commander and myself, please get over to my YouTube channel, First Class Fatherhood. Hit me with a subscribe. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right. And if you guys missed out on last week's Frogman Friday edition with Navy SEAL Jocko Willick, you have got to go back and check it out. Jocko joined me here for my 400th episode of the podcast. Uh, it was just a huge honor to have him on the podcast. I've gotten tremendous feedback from that episode. Uh, so go check it out. Other Navy SEALs that I've interviewed on the show here include lone survivor Marcus Luttrell, Vietnam Medal of Honor recipient Navy SEALs Michael Thornton and Bob Kerry. I've also had wingsuit flying phenomenon Andy Stumpf and many other frogmen, including fellow Act of Valor star Derek Van Orden, who's running for Congress in Wisconsin. So go through the archives of the podcast here and check out all the other Navy SEALs that I've had the honor of speaking with on First Class Fatherhood. All right, and next week I'm coming back at you guys with five fresh episodes. Each one is a banger. Find out who will be joining me here. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace. If you guys are enjoying the show, please hit me with a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. It really goes a long way to help me out, guys. And as always... Please help me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with former Navy SEAL Commander Rourke Denver. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Today's episode is being brought to you by Manscaped. And dads, 2020 has been a year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing that you can control, and that is shaving that area that made you a dad in the first place. My sponsors over at Manscaped.com are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premier electric trimmer that is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology, so you never have to worry about scratching those love spuds while you're giving yourself a smooth shave. The Lawnmower 3.0 is included in the Perfect Package 3.0, and for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you're going to get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. And let me tell you something right now, guys. The Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs are the best pair of drawers I've ever put on. So what are you waiting for? Visit Manscaped.com. Use my promo code FATHER. You're going to save 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's 20% off your order plus get free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the promo code FATHER and get rid of those short hairs in your short pants today. 
Joining me now, First Class Father, Rourke Denver. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? So I have two daughters, and they're 9 and 11. Wow, okay, very cool. Are they involved in any sports or activities yet? They're really engaged. I mean, they've gone through several rounds of, I think, kind of figuring out what they want to do. My 11-year-old uh, takes a lot after her mama, big performance, and uh, doing a lot of stuff on stage, dance, that kind of stuff. And then my my youngest one feels like she might be the jock. She's kind of built like me. She's a little bit of a freight train for, uh, for age. So I think if she, if she finds the right sport, man, she's going to be a terror. But she's played soccer and a little bit of lacrosse. She wants to do basketball. So they're at that feeling and out point. And I, I don't believe in the the you know 365 days a year elite travel team squads where it feels like we somehow ruined kids sports they're both still having fun so it's good but super active yeah 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 i'm right there with you too on that uh, theory rourke so if you could please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background what you do yeah, I'm a, a, a former Navy SEAL commander, you know, 20 years in the SEAL teams from, you know, early, uh, uh, right, right about a year and a half pre 9-11 and all the way through the thick of that, that fighting in that time, uh, got to run assault teams in Africa, uh, Latin America, Afghanistan, Iraq, anywhere else that we might be uh, chasing bad guys. And then I finished my career kind of running training for the SEALs, both at the basic and the advanced level, do a lot of consulting on leadership, high performance teams, and, um, you know, trying to figure it out like like the rest of us, my path forward and, and where I want to be. Grew up in the Bay Area, California, athlete my whole life. And uh, yeah, I feel very, very blessed. I've had a great run so far. Yeah, very cool. Thank you for your service, of course, Rourke. And, and, and so then, were you still serving when you, how, about how old were you when you became a dad? And how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? It, it changed it hugely. I mean, I, I um, uh, my bride was with me through the entire experience. I met her only about a year, year and a half into the the adventure. So she, uh, she's been with me the whole time, um, which the, the, the hat gets tipped to her for, for suffering through all that. And then we had our daughters, fortunately, not, not really by design, but a little bit purposeful, kind of right post my, my assault team, active duty kind of, um, you know, really chasing bad guys window of time. So I, I'd gotten to our training center, um, which, you know, it was as close to a nine to five. It's not not that at all, but as close as we get to that um, at that point. And I'd say the decision to come off active duty and not keep chasing the fight had every bit, bit to do with uh, with the kiddos. And, and there's plenty of guys that make that work and balance it out and figure it out. Uh, it just I turned over every stone I wanted to turn on in my career. So I, I want to be there and present in their lives. So uh, it was a huge transition from active duty to um, to, to the reserve time to finish up my career. And, and they were a big part to play. That. Yeah, well said. And I can't even imagine what it must be like to go from that high speed atmosphere to kind of tone that down to the family life and the family yeah. lifestyle. And, and I know you're, you're big on preaching about the principles of leadership. It's a big part of what you do. Um, how could how could we apply? Can we apply those principles of leadership to fatherhood? And how could we do that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the beautiful thing about the lessons, you know, we learn and, and certainly not just me, but any anybody you talk to and you've, you've obviously interviewed a bunch of my, my brothers and teammates and folks that have lived this life. Almost everything we learn on the battlefield, it feels like translates. But I think I think that's life. I think it's one of the interesting things about, you know, kind of the human animal and the design is is those you know simple lessons we learn can be big lessons. And those, you know, intense experiences can be can be rendered down into something purposeful that you can learn to move forward. So, um, you know, one of the things I've been focused on lately, and I think this I mean, we're talking really recent is uh, a lot of guys that come from my background and men in general have this 
tough exterior, this 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 hard veneer, and and I think fatherhood in many ways has been you know built into that over over generations. And there's certainly parts of that um, that I hope my girls will see and seek out in in, in the men um, if that's that, that's their you know kind of pursuit later in life or whenever that that window opens. Um, there's hard parts of us that I think are important. At the same time, I've tried to kind of recently figure out a way to soften things. You know, in my last life, if I said something, it was as good as notarized. You know, it was gospel. And, and sometimes, you know, I'll see my daughter getting ready and I'll say, hey, you look beautiful. And she'll hear that. But then five minutes later, she'll ask me if she looks beautiful. And I, my, my instinct is to say, I told you you look beautiful. I don't again. And I used to be able to say that a hundred times. I, I want to kind of soften and, um, you know, give that as many times she wants to hear it. So I've actually, instead of trying to get harder, I've been trying to get softer when it comes to being a father. And, and, and I think that's going to pay dividends, particularly with daughters. Yeah. And I had, I have three boys and then got my only girl on the fourth try there. So it's, she's our youngest and it's been very, you know, very different in the way that I discipline, the way that I approach uh, her and everything. So adding on that a little bit, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, no, I think it actually is, I think about runs parallel. I mean, my dad was a very disciplined, focused um, person. My parents split, so I, I, I was, you know, raised by my mom every bit as much. Uh, I think she held my brother and I accountable. She made us do hard things. I mean, that's one thing that she really um, either by, you know, commission or omission, we'd, we'd be, you know, scraping the decks, painting the house, redoing the roof, chores were real. Um, she was the mom that if, if you didn't meet the grade, you weren't going to play with friends, you weren't doing the weekend trip. My buddies got used to driving up to our house. We had a long driveway. They would not pull into my driveway. They'd hope for me to come down because they knew if they stopped, my mom would put them to work. Um, and I, I think we're both my bride and I trying to figure out a way to make sure we make life just hard enough. You know, I mean, I think th this this culture, this country has frankly gotten soft. We can we can be comfortable all the time. And I don't think that's where you learn good lessons. So um, pushing them to just hard enough or maybe a little beyond is something we're focused on and trying to make that happen. As far as discipline, I, I, you know, we're not uh, you know, we're certainly not hitters. We're not yellers because it doesn't seem to get far. So we kind of. Uh, you know, go with kind of the carrot and stick. You do well, you get the carrot, and, and that goes well. If you don't, the stick is, you know, you get some consequences or you lose opportunities, and, and that seems like life. Yeah, yeah. We're in the uh, trial and error all the time with this stuff, trying to find different ways to work. A lot of the technology we use, the kids, our, our kids would rather have game time than money in their pocket. So it's, a, it's definitely a different way to approach all this stuff. It and, is, it is. And backing up on what you just said there, too, like I talk about the fatherless crisis that we have in our country. We have so many kids that are growing up without a father. Devastating results in our society here. Uh, so we're seeing this like on the streets where people feel like it's OK, comfortable to attack police officers. We see the rioting, the looting. You think this is a result more of a lack of leadership uh, from our, our, our country or a lack of leadership in the home? I think it's both. I mean, I think the home is where it starts. So I think there's no question that, you know, a kid that grows up with a parent, family, whatever those parents frankly look like, if they're committed to the uh, to the kid and take care of them and put pushing good lessons and hold them accountable, uh, you're going to get, I think, almost virtually guaranteed better result than, than someone that's not in that situation, which is not to say single parents don't knock it out of the park as well. Uh, you know, I think we're living in this interesting time. If you follow history, uh, empires seem to rise and fall like the tide and and over the you know glacial period of time, that proves true. And, and I think you see societies 
uh, many of the greatest that have fallen, they got to a level of excess and comfort and um, ease that all of a sudden they tried to burn the whole system down. And, 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 and we can even see that very recently. You look at the Russian Revolution, you look at the French Revolution, these things are, are parts of the world that got to an excess of comfort that then everybody decided to tear it down. I sure hope we're not in the uh, beginning stages of doing that ourselves. I, I think we've achieved you know greater status even as a young champion kind of on the world stage uh, that I hope we can figure out a way to to mellow and realize how good we have it and to therefore push for what's next, what's best for, you know, our country, every country, humanity. Uh, I think America stands, you know, poised to be able to deliver that if we don't destroy ourselves. And I, and I do think, you know, at the national level of leadership and then at the home leadership, um, we have to do that well or we're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah, very well said, Work. And, and I know, obviously, you started in, uh, at the Valor, and I had recently one of the SEALs that was in the documentary of Buds 234, and I think those two things really uh, blew the lid off there as far as kids wanting to try out for Buds. It made the SEALs much more popular, obviously, uh, than they ever were before. Are, are you seeing this as a good thing, a positive thing, that we have so many more kids that are interested? I mean, I drive Uber on the weekends, and I must maybe in the last two months, I've had about three different guys that said that that's what they want. They're going to try for Buzz. So something wow. that would be kind of unheard of before. But do yeah. you see this as a good thing? Or is, it, is it hurting the teams? Or how, how much different is it now because of all the popularity of the SEALs? Why is First Class Fatherhood climbing to the top of the podcasting charts? Listen to what dads like UFC President Dana White, legendary New York City radio host Greg T, and Navy SEAL David Rutherford have to say about the podcast. What a cool podcast. It's one of the coolest ones I've ever did. And congrats, seriously, I mean it. What a cool podcast concept, and uh, I, I love it. Good for you, man. Continued success. Dude, I love this podcast, man. Your questions are phenomenal, bro. Phenomenal. I am really happy, and I can tell you honestly, I'm proud to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Alec, and, and God bless you and what you're doing. Keep it up. Uh, I think the uh, compiling this many fathers and this much great information is going to be uh, invaluable in so many ways. So I, I wish you all the best, brother. So let's go, dads. We are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Subscribe to First Class Fatherhood today. Are, are you seeing this as a good thing, a positive thing, that we have so many more kids that are interested? I mean, I drive Uber on the weekends, and I must maybe in the last two months, I've had about three different guys that said that that's what they want. they're going to try for Buzz. So something wow. that would be kind of unheard of before. But do yeah. you see this as a good thing? Is it, is it hurting the teams? Or how, how much different is it now because of all the popularity of the SEALs? Yeah, I think it's a little... I mean, there's mixed blessings and all those things. I, I think, uh, one, I try and be very careful not to throw stones in a glass house. I've written a book. I've been on the public stage talking about it. I always try and hold myself to a higher standard of what I think the brotherhood expects. Now, there's some people within the teams that will never be okay with anybody talking. I utterly respect that opinion. I also believe... You know, guys that have had our experience have this treasure trove of life experience, geopolitical experience in the world. And if you can share that, it'd be a shame to circle the wagons utterly and not, you know, share those experiences and lessons learned. So, so I try and be very circumspect about what I talk about. My books are very much about higher ideals, what I've learned, not too much chest thumping about what I accomplished, um, but much more those, you know, on my right and left, what they did and what I learned from them. Um, I'd say the 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 scrutiny and then I think the 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 
spark or the the shine that's put on seals is good in so much that it has lit a spark over a young to a younger generation that can come fill our boots and continue on and that you know and that uh brotherhood or other warrior classes that are going to do the nation's work and i it doesn't feel like the world's getting any safer so we need good young lions showing up to do that job so i think that's a benefit i'd say the detractor is it puts such a, a high, you know, kind of price on our head for for performance behavior that now any misstep, any stubbing of the toe becomes, you know, national news and things that 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 key on. But you know, the 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 crown's heavy for the for the king, and and you know, the seals aren't the king amongst all these other people. But when you're in that, you know, very spotlighted position, you then need to champion that. Uh, behavior code level performance at a high level. So there's there's probably mixed blessings there. Yeah, and I, I, as a civilian, I, I think it's really just a blessing to to the society that we have access now to you. I mean, I, I've never been a military guy. I don't find necessarily the combat part of the stories and the books to be the attractive part. It's more yeah. the mindset, the, the mentality, the leadership principles, and all that type of stuff that I think is very beneficial to our society here. So, and I know I'm glad to see that there's several SEALs that are get, and other military members that are getting involved in politics, and, yes. and, and I think we definitely need those. Words. Have you ever considered throwing your hat into that political arena? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely reticent to do it, you know, right now. And I, I think mostly because, um, you know, I, I think there's, there's, there's real um, value in kind of spending time building, you know, your career, uh, you know, maybe it's wealth, maybe it's some level of comfort or some level of experience with your family before um, you get in that fight. I agree utterly. And I wrote in my second book, Worth Dying For, a lot about kind of universal service and getting into the political service and even a section on how many people in Congress had military service up and through the 70s and how that's utterly reversed down to very, very few. So it's beautiful to see a lot of young um, soldiers, both from special operations, uh, you know, conventional forces, military experience coming back into politics. I think it will only um, do do right by the country and inform um, great leaders into those positions. I, I would say the answer is yes, but with an asterisk that I feel like I have a lot of other things to do first. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, um, fast approaching 47. I still feel young. I've got a lot of energy and a lot of things I want to accomplish, um, but I, I certainly haven't closed the door. I haven't closed the door. I think you know, putting our best and brightest in those positions, uh, by no means am I saying me, but, you know, for years and years and years, truly our, 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 our top citizens were those that served in those positions. They put their service in and then they went back. And I think this is one of our major problems. We have career, career politicians, you know, some of the people running for office right now, 50 years in D.C. I don't think that's the right fit. I think it'd be great if we could inject, uh, you know, energy, leadership, service-minded folks that'll put their time in and then move on back to their their civilian life so uh the door's not closed but i don't have a plan yet we'll see we'll see yeah i would love to see it rourke and i agree with you there too i think that's the type of change that we definitely need to see we, we I, I know we need something and i think that could definitely be uh you know a great thing for the country moving forward and, and just you as a dad here how, how would you feel about or what would be a good age for your kids where you would feel comfortable allowing them to see a movie like act of valor or read your books it's funny because, uh, you know, friends of theirs already have have seen it, of course. And and so I'm like, oh, boy, you know, don't don't get too immersed in uh, what they've told you, because there's some tough moments, obviously, for them when they see their papa, albeit not actually happen to me. They'll be able to hug me when it happens. But um, I don't know. It's a good question. I think um, 
I think they're both readers, which I love, which is a, a big kind of trend in our family and bloodline. We love to read. And so they both have that that gene and that that, uh, you know, desire, which I love. Um, I think the books, uh, you know, are a few way in movies will be the thing i love about my daughters is 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 the world's coming fast to kids right now i think the pressures and the uh intensity of media whether it be through cell phones or you know all you can download and all they're they're exposed to right now is too much i want my kids to be kids and i, I was almost choked up in the car the other day when i heard my my 11 year old and her friend talking about watching this tv show that i know that is for like five to eight year olds and they still love that show and i'm like yes dude just stay with that show right now you can you'll have plenty of time to be an adult so uh, i'll probably forestall it or delay it as long as possible um they got plenty of time in their life to be uh to to, to work on the hard edges yeah I, I get the same way as you do there rourke and i love the fact that like even we have access to these things like hulu now has the thundercats the whole series on I love that we have that instant, like, you don't have to worry about trying to find this stuff. It's great that we have so, access to it. We can share some of that stuff with our kids, you know? Yeah, so good. So funny you bring up Thundercats. That popped up on something, and my bride saw it and was like, look at this. I was like, I grew up with that show. That show was <laughs> the best, yeah. Yeah, that was one of my all-time favorites. And, and speaking of that, uh, are there any plans? For, what kind of goals do you have for, the, for yourself in the future? I know we hit on the little political aspects, but are there any other movies? Or are you getting involved in anything like that? What kind of things do you have coming up in the future here? Yeah, you know, right now I'm working on a on a new um, a new company. I'm a co-founder in a company called High Ground. Um, you can't find it yet. We'll have a splash page and a website, I think, up in the fall. It's going to have a lot to do with human empowerment, mindset, uh, some security, home defense, preparedness, a lot of different avenues, corporate experiences, individual experiences, family stuff, stuff for kids, stuff for women, uh, a lot under the umbrella. So we're, we're making sausage right now, but high ground is going to be a big pursuit moving forward. Uh, in the entertainment space, I don't have um, very purposeful or, or kind of active goals when it comes to that. But, you know, movie offers came out after the first movie. I want nothing to do with being an actor. I've done a couple TV shows. It has to be something that I feel like will represent my my family, my my um, my my family name, the history of who we are, the brotherhood I was a part of. Uh, I don't want to do anything to to disrespect that. So if it's got high ideals, if it's got the idea of of human empowerment or bettering yourself or something along those lines, I'll sit in those conversations. If it doesn't, I, I kind of want nothing to do with it. So there's nothing hot on the on the press right now. Um, I love to write, so I'll think of something new, but I don't want to write books, just write books. So I'm kind of milling over what the next uh, process is. So I'm in a little bit of a, I'd say, operational pause to get a couple things off the ground, but um, good stuff is coming. Yeah, awesome, Rourke. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Yeah, for the, for the new dad and the new father, I would say really be present. As all of us know that are in it, it goes fast, and you can, you can, you can miss it if you, if you decide to um, not immerse yourself and take it on very, very seriously. So I'd say you know, be purposeful in your, your, your pursuit of doing that job well. Um, be present as much as anything. I think, uh, I think just being actively engaged in it as opposed to in our, in our clogged kind of congested, uh, 24 hour cycle lives we have right now, you know, get off your phone, watch it. If you, if your kids are present, make sure they see you looking at them, not looking at your phone. If you do that alone, I think you're probably off to the races. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been a big honor for me. I got to say, Rourke Denver, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes. Thank you, time. brother. I appreciate it. Nah, thank you. I appreciate it. 
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Rourke Denver for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. That's it. That wraps up what was just a great week on the podcast here. If you missed out on any of the episodes, you got to go check them out. We kicked it off with Brendan Schaub this week. We had Paul Shear. We also had Tarek El Musa here from Flip or Flop. Also Paige Kennedy, the TikTok star. So if you missed out on any of the episodes, go back through and take a listen. Next week, I got five fresh episodes coming your way. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers, we are first class fathers. Your half truths and tales as tall